Ted Demi worked his way up from MTV production assistant to becoming the biggest director in Hollywood. On January 13, 2002, while playing basketball with friends, the buzzer ran out. Ted had a heart attack and died on the court. He was only 38. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. Ah! What do you call this thing, anyway? Death in entertainment. Hello, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Greetings. Welcome. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> to another Monday, another death in entertainment. My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. Woo! What does it matter if it's Monday? <laughs> this guy hates Mondays. No, well, but what do you why have... remind people that it's Monday? Oh. Well, because we release on Monday. But they could be listening and to it. And we record it. on Monday, too. Let's not, uh, That's true. Do it. Let's not take away it's the magic. Live. It's live. We're doing it live. We're do- I- fuck it. Yeah. But the to the person <laughs> listening on Friday, they're like, what are you talking about Monday? Yeah, they're going to feel like they're missing out. Well, people watch Saturday Night Live on Tuesday sometimes because they fucking record it. Live from New York. Hey, what the fuck? I'm in Missouri. It's Saturday night. No, it's All not right. Saturday night for me. <laughs> and I'm not in New York. You son of a bitch. And I'm not enjoying this show because it's bad also. <laughs> Okay, happy Monday. Happy Monday. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Or any other day of the week. Yes. So anyway, what was I talking about? We should get into a couple quick updates that happened today. What happened today? A ninth victim in the Astro World disaster. Oof. Oh my God. A horrible tragedy keeps getting more horrible. Yeah. The body counts are stacking up over there at that yeah. Astro World. Thanks, Travis Scott, you, you scoundrel. We talked about it in our mini sode a little bit. Yeah. But he has a history of inciting these kind of riots at his yeah. shows. The guy wasn't coincidentally paralyzed by being pushed off a balcony at a Travis Scott show. Yeah. It happened because it was a Travis Scott show. That would be like the new, you know, there's suicide by cop, suicide by going to Travis, Travis Scott show. Oh, my. <laughs> You're not kidding. Yeah. Suicide by Scott. Yeah. <laughs> you have a 95 chance of dying or being maimed if you go there. Or stabbed with a needle. Or stabbed with a needle. Full of opiates. That's the other news that came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, some security Why doesn't the guard... guy just take his own opiates? Why is he just stabbing random people with just, their How do drugs? you get past uh, security with all that stuff? So what's Needles? the latest on that, the stabbing? As far as I know, it's still um, security guards and the actual Houston police have said that there were multiple people stabbed with a needle full of opiates and all they felt was like a little pinch and then like turned around like, hey, what the hell? And then just yeah. passed out immediately. Well, you can't pat every single person down coming in especially when they're all running directly through the breaking gate. the yeah. barricades yeah. yeah oh good luck on that one of the people was probably like oh man i just felt a little prick yeah in my back and their friend was like That's what she said yeah hey. what do you expect at a travis scott show <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah travis scott is a scumbag yeah in summation on the shit list oh put yeah. him on the shit list <laughs> he's on the shit list officially yeah. There was um, a report that came out that police and everyone there all had like a code word for a fatality at the concert, which was Smurf. I heard that. Yeah. And so these guys came on stage and like, we got multiple Smurfs in the audience. And he's like, hey, get off the stage and like pushes them away. So that's what he was set whispered in his ear yeah. at that time? Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah. There's video Damn. of that too. Jesus. The parents that have to hear their kids saying, hey, I'm going to a Travis Scott show. I'll call you later. Yeah. There couldn't be a more dangerous activity they could be going to embark on right? Yeah. than going to the Travis Scott show. I'd rather yeah. you do heroin. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather you freestyle yeah, Mount me Everest. My, me and my friends are going to dive down caves. Oh, okay. As long as Travis isn't there. Yeah. No Travis Scott music. <laughs> Gonna go wander around Harlem yeah. looking for drugs. <laughs> You're not seeing Travis Scott, though, are you? I'm no, gonna, Mom. <laughs> I'm going to go swim in some battery acid with some friends. <laughs> All right, honey, wear your jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't eat food a half an hour before. Yeah. You don't want to <laughs> sink in the battery yeah. acid. You don't want to get any cramps. You want to cramp up. <laughs> um, and rust. Is there anything new with rust? 
Uh, I don't know. Do you know? Not really. Well, uh, I heard the last thing was the defense is saying that someone put a magic bullet in there or something. Magic, someone, like JFK? Yeah, yeah, it was a magic, it was all over the place. It zigzagged. One of the movie crew members sues Alec Baldwin and others involved with production after fatal film set shooting. That's from CNN Today. Now it's starting. Yeah. yeah. The head of lighting sues Alec Baldwin, amongst others. You got to get him in right away because, you know, I think it goes by when you submitted the lawsuit. Like, it comes, at some point, there's only a certain allotted money and it'll be depleted at some point. Yeah. That these insurance companies are going to pay out. Yeah, Serge Svetnoy alleges negligence over bullet that narrowly is the this guy. Uh, yeah, head of lighting Serge Svetnoy alleges negligence. <laughs> Say it one he more time it. for the kids. Serge Svetnoy. <laughs> this Nostrovia. is my friend Serge Svetnoy. He'll sell you cell phones <laughs> or break your legs. Or break your legs or yeah, both. If that guy is suing you, whoa. Yeah. yeah, he's wearing a leather jacket at court. He means business. Pay the man his money, Serge Svetnoy. Yeah, he's got it. A packet of Oreos by yeah. his side. Breviet. There's cologne on his cologne. He drinks the cologne. He drinks the cologne. <laughs> and now he come for Alec. <laughs> <laughs> There's Search. vitamin D in the cologne. Svetnoy <laughs> alleges negligence over bullet that narrowly missed him. Oh, uh, he almost got hit? Apparently it just missed him and then hit Helena, who was standing next to him. It dodged Alec Baldwin. Yeah. He's saying that it's causing him severe emotional distress that will haunt him forever. Yeah. Who, Baldwin, right? Or Svetnoy? Svetnoy says that. Oh, Svetnoy. Everyone yeah. is saying that, though, at this point about it. Well, yeah. yeah. So is there anything more to the rust? No, nope, that's about it right now. Story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now that it's in, like, the courts, you know, you're not going to hear... There's a lot of gag orders. You're not going to hear a lot of shit, and yeah. it's going to take a while. And has Eladia posted anything? Oh, God. Um, no. Lately. Wait, yeah. What Did she say something again? I don't know. I don't know if I've heard from her since her happy Halloween greeting. Well, Feliz Navidad's right around the corner for her, oh, so I, I'm she excited might, for she that might have a cooking video or something. How do you say uh, Christmas tree? (laughs) (laughs) Alec Baldwin takes New York City stroll with Aladia, promotes podcast after rush shooting. What? Uh, You're kidding me. Did he promote our podcast? Watch Death and Entertainment (laughs) right now. They're very fair. These guys got it. Um, Almost three weeks after the deadly shooting on the set of Rust, a rough-looking Alec Baldwin has returned to the Big Apple, where he was spotted with his family before he promoted a new episode of his podcast. Here's the thing. God. What is he talking about besides Rust? He always looks rough, though. He looks really rough he lately. He never not looks rough. He, he looks like he's he finished 10 rounds with Rocky Balboa. Yeah. yeah Face is all swollen. But is that for real? How did he promote it? Do they say? He said, this week we are releasing an episode of Here's the Thing that was recorded this July with Marla Frazee. Yeah, the world's clamoring to hear that one. An award-winning children's book author and illustrator. Oh, my God. See you later. She's the true talent behind Boss Baby. (laughs) The brain's behind Boss Baby. So now (laughs) he's trying to monetize his podcast, getting people into it, and also brings up Boss Baby so he can get more residuals because he's looking for money. At this point, he's just going to be like, "Eh, Beetlejuice. Oh, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Very Uh, good point. Miami Blues. (laughs) 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 Oh, I'm just going to go back home right now and watch my favorite movie, Miami Blues. (laughs) Speaking of Beetlejuice, there was this BuzzFeed list that was in my feed earlier. I didn't mean to say feed twice, but... But you did. (laughs) I was reading it. It said, like, movies that we liked when we were kids, but are offensive now along those lines. And Beetlejuice was one of them. Oh, my God. In what way? He hits on women in the movie, Beetlejuice. But, like, fake women in that fake little town. I know. Wait, was that a real thing though? What uh, paper or what? Buzzfeed. Website? Here we go. This this says wow. Refinery Twenty Nine did an article on it, and they said Beetlejuice is a creep on a level I hadn't realized at age twelve, and particularly offensive in today's Me Too era. <laughs> <laughs> Shut Beatles. the fuck yeah, up. I'm not like Ben Shapiro or anything, but this is getting a little out of hand. Yeah. And the shrunken heads, that's offensive to people with smaller shaped craniums. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> the the smaller cranium community is yeah. very up in arms about that movie still. Yeah. And they will not be listened to, so here it is, or whatever. Alec Baldwin. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. Whatever. Here's the thing. I whatever. shot someone. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm broke. <laughs> Okay. Alejandro, could you take us to January 13th, 2002? Absolutely. 
pop culture flash. Okay, in books, John Grisham had a new one out at that time called A Painted House. Ooh, the lesser known Grissom. He was running out of ideas <laughs> yeah, by that B-side. point. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, all right, I did a shady client that yeah, he already himself. He already burned uh, through the Pelican Brief money. Presidential conspiracy. Yeah. How about someone that's repainting their house? Yeah. <laughs> and then we watch the paint dry. Let's hear yeah. that guy's story. Yeah, that's what reading it is like. The Corrections by Jonathan Franzen was new. Wait. Who's that? You said that like we should know that book. <laughs> you guys are joking. No. You think we're like big friends and heads He's over here? He's considered the preeminent author of the past two generations. Na- name, <laughs> okay, Franzen? name one big book. A modern day J.D. Salinger, if you will. Really? You don't remember any of the hype for Jonathan Franzen? None. Oprah put her stamp on it, and it was a huge sensation. Wait, that's not the guy who who wrote that fake book about no. <laughs> that <laughs> Oprah, <laughs> where she yelled at him. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was James Fry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a million, million little, little a million little pieces. Yeah. yeah, that's a great piece of media there when she's yelling at him. Yeah, that's a lie, James. Yeah, when she was just that was Oprah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a lie, James. That's a lie. <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> just like Batman. <laughs> yeah. You get a car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tough crowd here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, well, you asked, you laid it out to us as if it was common knowledge. That yeah, we known that. it is. Or it should be. Okay. Took Wisconsin by storm. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a France hard yeah. over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A bookie friend over here. Book smart. It was on everybody's bookshelf. I can't read, so. <laughs> yeah, well, we know that guy. Kyle, I, I'm not surprised you didn't. We've addressed that in past podcasts. <laughs> know about it. <laughs> Let's get into music. Let's let's do five. Let's, let's be go, a little let's crazy. Go Screw yeah, it. Let's go. Number five was Hero. There goes my by Foo Fighters. Enrique Iglesias. Oh <laughs> God. Uh, I was gonna say Color in the Shape was like ninety. Yeah, that was a couple years before. Yeah. It was on the radio all the time. The Enrique the time. one. I can be a hero, baby. baby. Yeah, women loved them. Oh, my God. I don't think I've heard that since 2002. Yeah. <laughs> right? I go to sleep to it every night. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm not a Iglesias head or anything, so <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> Number four, ubiquitous song here. Get the party started on a Saturday night. Pink. Uh, uh, remember? Yes. Number three, Family Affair by Mary J. Blige. Oh. A solid R&B track. Flying yeah. Family Stone cover or just kind of in the No, it's not. Okay. It's not. Good question, though. Yeah. That's a great song. It's a family, family affair. affair. Yeah, that's a good one. Classic. <laughs> but it's not this one. Sounds great. <laughs> I'm not a blige <laughs> head, so I don't really know all the ins and outs. Of... Yeah. Music's tough. It's, this is a good song, too, though. Yeah. I think Mary J did that after all the drama with 9-11 and stuff was yeah. going on. That was a big song. No Enrique Iglesias' hero was born out of that 9-11 yeah. rubble, that, if you will. That No More Drama song really solved stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we really got over the hump. <laughs> Number one, How You Remind Me, Nickelback. Oh, God. Never made it as a wild man. Never made it as a poor man stealing. See, I see the song when he does the rendition there. <laughs> now, have you seen them live? No, fuck no. Oh, you're not a Nickelback fan? No. He's hard to predict. I don't know. I don't know what level of bad music you're going to like sometimes. I know. <laughs> wild card. I, I like to All keep it that All over the way. map. <laughs> you are a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number five in movies at the time, The Royal Tenenbaums. Wow. Wes Classic Anderson's flick. follow-up to Rushmore. So nice. good. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorites. When I saw it in the theater at the time, the print stopped in the middle of it. Oof. Really? And the theater went dark. So for like 15 minutes, we're just sitting there. And Joking then off. the movie came back on and I lost interest. Wow. I was bored. You know what happened to me <laughs> recently? I don't know if I told you this. I went to the French Dispatch like a week or two ago. Uh-huh. And then the 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 person there working there, no one gives a shit, obviously, these mm-hmm. days anywhere. And I don't, I don't blame them. They told me the wrong theater to go into. 
And I went into the one that was halfway into the French Dispatch. Oh. Didn't even realize it. I was like, wow, this is a really quirky Wes Anderson movie. You're starting <laughs> on some crazy <laughs> pacing here. Pulp Fiction, yeah, yeah. the beginning and the yeah. end. No and exposition then, whatsoever. And then like 20 minutes later it ends. I was like, wait a second. Is it is it like a short? Like what is going on yeah. with this new movie? It's it, episodic though, correct? It is episodic. But then I was like, I was in the middle of an episode and then like the, the middle one and then it was just over and I, I went out and I'm like, oh, I saw it was on the other side too, on the other theater. So I just kind of went back in. I did start the whole fucking process again. But that's the right movie for that to happen during, I think. It's not like- Not much overlapping of story. Yeah. Yeah. If you went into- Dune. Dune, you'd be very <laughs> yeah, you'd be confused. you lost. Yeah. <laughs> and number four, Ocean's Eleven- Classic. I I like those movies. They don't blow me away, but they're fun. They exist. Yeah, right. As you put it, every said in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, Orange County. This Jack Black cemented Jack Black's status as the new comedy star. Did that? I thought um, the John Cusack one did. Um, oh, High Fidelity. I thought High Fidelity. But did did. that cement his status? Uh, That that was his breakout. Yeah. This showed him like, oh, he's a bankable comedy star because this was right after Shallow Hell. Mm. Shallow Hell was a disaster. That does not age well. There's, I'm sure there's a BuzzFeed <laughs> article about that. It's one big fat joke. <laughs> yeah. And George Alexander or whatever. Jason Alexander. George Costanza <laughs> Alexander. David, whatever. Yeah, hit, making fun of his hair and stuff. Yeah. And th- he has a tail at the end. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's number two on the list of BuzzFeed's 34 movies that we can't believe were actually made. What's uh, number one? Jack and Jill. Okay, I'll go with that. Yeah. That is an unbelievably strange movie. Yeah. And Jared from Subway has a big cameo. Oh, Oh, God. Before or after? (laughs) Yeah, after. (laughs) Well after. Yeah. Uh, Two of the top five movies in this 34 movies we can't believe got made are Farrelly Brothers movies. Yeah. Stuck on You is number five with Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear. I can't believe Soul Man's number 11. That's right. a Have you super watched racist Man? one. Yeah. It used oh, you to be on Comedy Central higher. all the time. Okay. It should be number one, easily. Yeah. I oh, yeah. That again he recently. turns black and he's yeah. like just super racist. He takes a spot from a African-American girl. He takes her scholarship. <laughs> Who's played by uh, Gloria, what's her name? Um, Steinem. No, not Gloria Steinem. <laughs> but, it's Stefan. No, no, the girl that plays the African-American. Um, oh. Ray Dong Chung. So Ray Dong Chung. Oh, Ray Dong Chung. Yeah. From The Color Purple. Yes. Uh, her and Spike Lee had like a battle about this, I guess, because she was like standing up for the movie and he's like said the obvious kind of critique of it. And they kind of went back and forth. And she said, it, actually, it's a good movie that is not racist. They don't even attempt to make him pass. Yeah. They put an Afro wig on him. Yeah. And then make his skin a little dark. Well, in the movie, he gets uh, pills from a friend who is developing something to make it look like you have a tan. You could take pills. Yeah. So he just takes more of those pills. And he so gets, he can pass as a black guy in order it's to get insane. into college. The, whole, the entire movie is But he looks like a guy in blackface, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. It'd be like you're in history class, and then Al Jolson is sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, hey. Rachel well, Dolezal. She got doing, away with yeah. it for years. Years. And was like the head of the NAACP or something. NAACP. The local chapter. Yeah, the local chapter of the one up in Washington. Did you see the Netflix documentary about her? No. I hate to say it, but it does humanize her. It's a really depressing documentary. And it makes you not really even want to make jokes about her. It's just a sad story. (laughs) Anyway, back to the comedy. Um, (laughs) Number two at the box office, A Beautiful Mind. And this has gotten some blowback in recent years for some reason. Why? Because he's ableist. (laughs) Ableist. He was too smart. So it makes dumb people feel bad. (laughs) <laughs> There's something about he was a Nazi sympathizer or something. Oh, Nash? Yeah. yeah. John Nash. Uh, the Jewish Journal wrote an anti-Semitic mind, question mark. Was John <laughs> Nash an anti-Semite, and should it affect the Oscars? Oh, that was at the time. Yeah, this is March 14, 2002. What did he say, Like, or what did he do? It didn't affect the Oscars at all, apparently, because yeah. it won Best Picture. Yeah, the charges in question are based on quotes compressed in two pages of Sylvia Nassar's biography of Nash, on which the film is loosely based. Quote, the root of all evil, as far as my personal life is concerned, are Jews. In particular, John Bricker, apparently a colleague who, quote, is Hitler a trinity of evil? 
Okay. So that's uh, that's pretty clear. Well, nobody's perfect. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the, the number one movie at <laughs> yeah. the time. Any guesses? Wait, 2002? Right after the holiday season of 2001. I was going to say Shrek, but that's Lord not. of the Rings, Fellowship oh, of the Ring. God. I hate those movies. I hate those movies. <laughs> we all agree on this. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched them all? I saw the first two in the theater. Okay. Did I never even s- read the books. I, I remember people went crazy about that in Harry Potter, and I never even dipped my toe in it, if you will. It's all fantasy. Yeah, it's all nonsense. Mumbo jumbo. Well, let's get into some real shit, guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, yeah. Ted Demi. Um, just to give some background on the fella, Ted Demi was born in New York in 1963. Uh, he grew up in Long Island and eventually went to SUNY Cortland. State no, University of New York. Yeah, ah. that's what that stands for. I didn't know there was a Cortland one. This is like yeah. some, some crazy... There's a Buffalo and this Cortland place. I almost went to SUNY Purchase. Really? That's Where's that? The, in Purchase, New York. Where do they have all these It's like these way branches. up in New York State. Yeah, there's SUNYs everywhere. There's oh, a bunch really? of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he actually graduated college in 1985. Overall, he was known as a very fun guy who loved hip hop and movies. So right hip hop out- in 1985. Yeah, the beginnings of hip hop. So he- what was he listening to in 1985? Well, I have an Ed Lover clip which kind of goes into okay. because they kind of grew up together on Long Island and they hung out like into their teens and twenties, and they actually worked later at MTV. So do you have that Ed Lover clip? And that's a guy no, named Ed Lover, to be clear. Yeah. It wasn't his lover, Ed. Yeah. Yes. Ed Lover. I'm going to send this to you, Kyle. All right. Yeah, I have to admit, I didn't know Ted Demi by name, but I knew as soon as I looked him up, all of his work, and uh, never knew this whole time I was a crash test Demi. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Alejandro looks physically hurt. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Dare I ask you to explain? Oh, is that, that? the name you were going to say for the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm making up a, a name of a fan base. That's good. Crash we'll, test Demi. We'll get some crash test Demi's out there. <laughs> Did he direct Colin. that video? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that where it comes from? He did do some music videos. I sent that uh, via email Wait, to you. you're not going to explain it? No, it's just something I made up. Oh, you <laughs> mean just because Demi sounds like dummy, that's it? Yes, that's it. There's no uh, He didn't direct like a... There's no other connection. Crash test dummy nope, video. literally or... nothing else. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, he, Alejandro you know, really thought about that he one. He took a reach... Sometimes he gets swingy, you know, they don't all hit home Swing runs. Swing and a miss. Hey, Ed Lover. You're out. Sometimes they're um, grounders. All right. This is the clip with Ed Lover talking about Ted Demi. For people out there that don't know who Ted Demi is, Ted Demi is probably the most important person to me in my entire career because Ted Demi gave me my start on your own TV rights. What a lot of people don't know is Ted and I know each other since high school. Ted was the coolest white boy I ever met. How I met Ted was my best friend, Kurt, um, and Ted's family were both Episcopalian. So Ted, Kurt's mom was very big in the Episcopalian community as a part of the uh, Episcopalian diocese of Long Island. And so was what Ted's religion father. were they? So every time that they were happy, Christi- Episcopalian religion, Christian? Okay. It was kind of weird. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Tell Kurt, <laughs> Episcopalian, bring me along Episcopalian. just to calm Kurt down. And then Ted was out there, and we were running to Ted, and he knew so much about hip-hop. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. It was up my alleyway. It was up his alleyway. So when um, up everyone's Ted alleyway. and Peter Darty, God rest both their souls, decided to bring your own TV raps to America, that's how Ted and I connected again from college and everything else. And the rest was just history, man. He put me on, and it was over. Yeah, I never heard someone say, up my alleyway. Yeah, I right I, up my alleyway. He's riffing and he he goes on to riff some weird <laughs> stuff. <too. laughs> like the Episcopalian stuff was like a lot of I don't. I'm like, all right, well, Ted Demi is Episcopalian, I guess. I didn't I didn't know any of this stuff. Thank you, Ed Lover. Yeah, Ed Lover of the famous Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, not to be confused with the West Coast Dr. Dre. That yeah, that was a trash. Producer. Dr. Are Dre, you that's not Dr. Con- Dre. Are you There's two Dr. Confusion? Dre's. 
What? From the 90s, yeah. yeah. No. The other one kind of looked like Big Pun. He was a big fat Yeah, guy. big dude. How did I not know this? It, it was... annoyed the shit out of me when I was a kid. I Maybe. don't know who came up with it first, to be honest. I know which one has more money. Of course. Yeah, he's got like a billion dollars. I think it's Dr. Dre. Yeah, Dr. Dre. One, I think, didn't he spell out his name, Doctor? Yeah. Oh, that was and his mistake. And he had mistake. an accent mark over the E. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those were here. two big errors. Yeah. Well, one was a big MTV guy, and one was just like a music impresario. That's the other Dr. Dre. Okay. He yeah, was he one did. of the hosts of Yo! MTV Raps. Got yeah. it. Okay. So out of college, he gets a job as a PA at MTV. This is just as MTV's getting started. Like, they're not really a big thing until the late 80s. They're, like, getting bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and bigger. And he's, like, on the ground floor of it, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, that was at the start of Colin Quinn on Remote Control. Well, he worked as a PA on Remote Control. Adam Sandler, Polly Shore. Yeah. All that. John Stewart. Was he? That's a little early for John John Stewart. John Stewart was in and out of MTV. I think the show he got before he got The Daily Show was was a late night show on on MTV. I think it was The John Stewart Show. Yeah. It was The John Stewart Show in like 92, 93 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he worked there for like given five, six years, something like that. Eventually a producer yeah, for yeah. Yo! MTV Raps, which he created. Creator. He created this show. Mm. So before there was like some hip hop on MTV, not a lot, but he kind of like beefed up their presence in the hip hop community, creating the show Yo! MTV Raps with that guy Peter Doherty that Ed Lover was talking about there. Mm-hmm. After he's doing this for a while, he decides, you know, he wants to make a bigger move in the industry and become like a full-fledged director. So at this time, he creates this short called The Bet. And I have a little video here on The Bet. In the script, we actually, you know, we had written that there was a horse race actually shown, you know, and then after we, once we started shooting, we realized that we didn't have the money to shoot an actual race. You know, how are we going to go to, you know, we didn't know where we go, how we do it. So that that whole final sequence of the camera moving very slowly into him was something that we came up by necessity because we couldn't cut away. And in in doing that, I realized that it was, boy, it's much more interesting anyway to be on his face and to watch someone watching a race Mm, as opposed to watching the race. Um, and hearing the race in the background. So sound design was very important. Oh. Vinny Pastor, the guy who plays the big thumbbreaker, who's big like person. been in so many movies since then. He's actually been in two of my movies since we did the bet and we've remained friends. He walked into my casting session dressed like you see him in the movie. He's got, I believe, that orange shirt on and like this whole suit. And he was sipping a McDonald's cup and he walked in. He's like, all right, who's the director in here? You? You're the director in here? All right, what's my lines? You got my lines? Come on, let me do the lines right now. I hope right, we're we going right now. And like, oh, and we, and I was reading with him. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't have the money. You don't have the money. I'm gonna break your thumb. I'm gonna break everything. I'm gonna do everything. I'm like, all right, good. All right, you got the part, man. Uh, yeah, fine. Great. He goes, all right. Thanks a lot. See you later. And left. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> Does it go a little bit further, or is that? Yeah, there's okay. like another five minutes or so. Okay. Um. Well, that's pretty much it. Like in that, also <laughs> at the tail end of that clip, it was called uh, "Shortcuts on PBS." Yeah. Uh, it's revealed that the host of that show is actually Louis C.K. <laughs> Oh, which, really? which I, I found interesting. But <laughs> so pretty much he put this kind of short movie together in order to get himself like to show that he could be a good director. Um, so after this, his first movie was called Who is the Man with Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. It was like some ridiculous hip hop comedy featuring those two guys. And like, Oh, yeah. That was one of those VHS covers I saw. Yeah. The who was the, the man? Yeah. There's like a up. bunch of stuff going on. There's like a question mark. Yeah. It was so early 90s yeah. style. Oh, also during his days at MTV, he started creating these shorts with Dennis Leary. Just black and white, just basically Dennis Leary doing stand up. No cure for cancer. Yeah. That yeah, came, that came from right from these. Yeah. Like, from these. Yeah. He, he was he able turned to turn into that. Yeah. Yeah. These are like super famous. You know what I don't want on MTV? I'll tell you what. Aerosmith, Vanilla Ice, and Cher, okay? No Crosby, no Stills, no Nash, no bald guys, no fat guys, Just no angry, fat bald crazy guys, guys, no rock stars who look like history professors, okay? R.E.M., no. Marky Mark, no. P.M. Dawn, no. No half-hour comedy hour, no one-hour comedy hour. No rock, no jock, no Ed, no Dre, no Polly, no Joyner. All I want is Cindy Crawford, okay? House of style, 24 hours a day. No MTV news unless it's news about Cindy, what she's doing, what she's wearing, what she smells like, okay? No music unless it's songs about Cindy, okay? 
okay? I want half-hour specials about Cindy. I want hour-long documentaries about Cindy. I want Cindy <laughs> unplugged. I want acoustic Cindy. I want long, drawn-out, slow-motion shots of Cindy walking, Cindy sleeping, Cindy eating an Eskimo pie naked on the roof of the Empire State Building, okay? I want to change the house of style to the house of Cindy. Not MTV, CTV. No rock, no promos, okay, no Richard Gere, just me Breather. and Cindy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I think you hear me knocking, Richard, and I think I'm coming in, and I got a box full of Eskimo pies. So he did, with- like, a bunch of stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Dennis Leary. I thought he was, you know, I, I, I liked too. him during the the 90s. I liked him after I heard that stuff where he was stealing kind of the, the aura Hicks. in the Bill Hicks personality traits on and stage. And a direct story about that runner that died, but it was the exact same bit. They yeah. both did it. and Dennis Leary did it later. It was oh, in really? No Cure for Cancer. That's what Ted Demi directed first. That he kind of st- he did, he directed every single stand-up special by Dennis Leary. And yeah. the "I'm an asshole" thing, which blew up. That's the one that Louis C.K. That's the one allegedly him yeah. of stealing. Louis also said a lot of people stole his shit. Dan Cook, yeah. Dan Cook, yeah, maybe that's more accurate, but I don't know. Maybe it's possible. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. It was like the industry joke, though. Like, uh, how did Dennis Leary get away with stealing all of Bill Hicks' bits? Because there's no cure for cancer. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, he did like some music videos. He did um, Bruce Springsteen's The Streets of Philadelphia. For the movie Philadelphia. For the movie Philadelphia, Directed yeah. by his uncle... Jonathan Demi, how did he get that job? That's a big thing, too, with him. Everyone's like, uh, oh, yeah, I just all of a sudden I got this PA job at MTV. Even though it sounds like a lowly kind of job, that's it was still, a hip it's a really hard place to get a job. You yeah. know? It's still Viacom, you know, the, the big company. So I yeah. don't know. He does mention that whenever he's asked, like, how do you get in the industry? He never, like, shirks away. You know, like the Coppolas, they changed their names to make it seem like they, they don't have family in the industry. But he kept his name. He, he told practically him, changed his first name to Jonathan. Who? Ted? Ted. Yeah. <laughs> but in what way? What are you talking about? Did you get it, Kyle? No. No? No, no one got it when I was cooking. But do you want to explain that to us so he will get it? I, it's almost not worth explaining. Well, I would okay. agree. I, I guess the joke was... <laughs> He stopped just short of changing his name to Jonathan. Oh, okay. So that he would be Jonathan Demi, literally. (laughs) (laughs) And use the name to get work. I get it now, and I kind of feel worse about it. I didn't say, hey, they're not all winners. Sometimes (laughs) there's a clunker, and you just got to move on. As we're finding out. I personally like Crash Test Demi better than that. Crash Test Demi? All right. (laughs) It rolls off the tongue. I don't know. I'm not trying to be partial in any way. I'm not going to say anything bad about it. Okay. So I accept it. Well, the Crash Test Dem- Demi could be the title of this. We, hey. we don't know. Yeah. Uh, anything's possible. So That's true. After like he got all this kind of work under his belt, he's got some industry cred. He starts making some bigger, more official movies. He did The Ref, which I watched last night. Oh, nice. I love The Ref. The ref was was really good, but the the ending was really quick. It was like rushed mm. at the end. You know, the the kid was supposed to go with them, but he doesn't, and then he just kind of runs off and he says good luck to Dennis Leary. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dennis Leary gets in this kind of crickety boat and they just take off. It just seems very forced. It's called the ref because he takes this family hostage and he ends up being a referee of sorts to all their bickering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of one-liners yeah. from Dennis Leary, which is known for these movies. When it was okay to like Kevin Spacey's work, it was a very funny role. And they paired him with Judy Davis, who's a great actress. She's great. I was like, I didn't know that was her. She's yeah. the sl- same woman from Celebrity, from yeah. Woody Allen's yep. Celebrity. And she was great in The Ref. And Absolutely. I don't know why. I'm like, why do you not see this woman more? It's yeah. underrated, the movie, I think. Say what you will about Kevin Spacey. Yeah, it's, it works. <laughs> Famous the last words of me. Works. I get canceled off the show. Um, <laughs> and but he's the good. ending, what you said about the ending, Yeah, I actually just read it on IMDb in the trivia that there was another ending in mind. I, it makes sense. That Dennis Leary gets caught by the cops and shows that a life of crime is not worth it. That would make more. That would actually yeah. make more sense to me, even though... I know it's bullshit. Ted Demi said he regretted not going with that ending. It's his first movie. You know, his Mm. first major movie. You can't really make big swings like that unless you're a more established director. And it doesn't fatally hurt the movie or anything, the ending. It still works. Yeah. Well, people are already watching at that point. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. 
after that, he does Beautiful Girls, which um, is also a classic in, in my mind. Great movie with Matt Dillon and uh, Michael Rappaport. Natalie a, Portman. Natalie Portman. Uma yep. Thurman. Kind of a icky role. With Natalie Portman, yeah. you think? Yeah. Well, anytime she's in a movie- kind of a romance between her and the Timothy Hutton character. Anytime she's in a movie in the 90s, there's some weird- relationship with adult male with her yes you know like leon and the professional whatever mm-hmm. also yeah um after that he follows it up with monument ave in 1998 which is monument ave one of my favorite boston movies ever made never heard of it monument ave is actually an avenue in uh section of boston called charlestown which my grandparents are from actually and oh a, we have an old funeral home there still and oh yeah you got to tell the audience about that funeral home someday yeah, well, there's, <laughs> I have more details. I can't really divulge to the public, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, there's no statute of limitations. I don't know if that's, that's gone yet, but I don't want to Okay, di- we can move on. But, so when you saw Monument Avenue, you recognized your oh, yeah. area. Yeah, well, you recognize a lot of like local Boston actors. They have like a, yeah. a stable of people that's in every Boston movie, basically. Oh, really? Who are some of the... Uh, Lenny Clark... Uh, he's like a big stand-up there who's in like most of the movies that come in and out. Yeah. This guy, Kevin Chapman, who's one of the Savage Brothers from Mystic River, he's mm-hmm. in that too. Oh, Lenny Clark. He was in Halloween Kills. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that yet. And so he's in the Dennis Leary shows, always the job. Yeah, yeah. Rescue Me. Rescue yeah. Me. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Leary is the main character. It's just a movie that kind of follows a car thief who has his friend murdered, but I don't want to give too much away. I Mm. hate doing spoilers. It's a really good But Billy Crudup is in it, and Billy Crudup is fucking amazing in it. There's a clip. uh, Where do you want me to start it? Just start it uh, here. Okay. How long have you been out? I just got back. Story coke. Me too. Great to see you. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Anything I, uh, I need to know? No, 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 about what? No. No, I'm fucking back. <laughs> Teddy. What? What? You know what? Take some money. Do me a favor. What are you doing? Fuck that. Put the fucking money. I'm not going down to the Teddy. cave. I'm not going Don't down to the fucking cave. Here, I got nothing to fucking hide, Bobby. You know what you're doing? Look at me. I got nothing to fucking hide. Come on, let's get a beer. I'm dying of thirst here. Billy Crudup, it, like he seems like an uncle of mine in that yeah. movie. He's so good. He disappears into his he really roles does because he's almost famous, the lead guitarist yeah. and Jesus's son. Yeah, he just seems like in that movie, like Dennis Leary's like catching up with him, and he's like the Boston mm-hmm. guy. Um, I don't know. It's just such a good movie. I, what else did I want to say about that? Oh well, I guess this is like a big culmination of like he does the movie Life too. You know, forgettable Eddie Murphy. Yeah, comedy. very forgettable. I don't oh, know that was, yeah. what that was all Brutal. about. And a very generic name, life. Life. Yeah, it doesn't even mean anything. It's is about it the prison. magazine? Is it the? Is it a movie? Right. Who kids? Is shit? this profound or is it just yeah. a stupid Eddie Should Murphy comedy this? that yeah. you're gonna skip? And Martin Lawrence. So at this point, he's got some bankability as a director. You know, a lot of the studios are like, this could be a bankable director, and he seems to be pretty good at what he's doing because these are all. Great movies in my mind. Minus life. I think, you know, his Yeah, not life. Yeah, life is not great. So it, it sure isn't. At this point, this is the story behind his next movie, which is Blow. Um, about Weymouth, Massachusetts. About Weymouth. Oh, oh yeah, that's really? right. Yep. I keep I forgot about that. Yep. I forgot that too. Yeah. Not that I knew Weymouth at the time where I graduated high school, Weymouth, Mass. Well, if you know the backstory, I'll just go right into it. Uh, George, George Jung, Jung of Weymouth, Boston George. Known he as goes the by. Boston George. Yeah, because mm. Weymouth George doesn't fit as good. Well, he said that's what he said. Did you see that interview? Yeah, no. he said. Uh, he moved out to Huntington Beach, California, and he yelled up to a bunch of girls that were like topless or something. And they were like, where are you from? And he goes, I wasn't going to say Weymouth because no one knows Weymouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he said Boston and my name's George. So hence the name Boston George. He's Boston always went George. by. So if anyone doesn't know, Blow is the movie of a guy who moved to Los Angeles and he started dealing weed at first. Yeah. So he's dealing a ton of weed and then he's like, how do I make more money? And he had contacts of colleges all over the country. He took a flight down to Mexico with a plane that he stole, Mm -hmm. like a Cessna, (laughs) like a small little plane. 
And he just started asking village people if they had marijuana for him to sell in the United States. Oh, my God. So he he found a contact, and he was able to kind of go back and forth and started selling weed throughout the entire United States at all these colleges and stuff. And I think the majority was at UMass. Oh, my God. So he's like shipping all this weed from like the border of Mexico into all the way up to the University of Massachusetts, which is crazy. And then after that... He got arrested, went to prison, and then while in prison, um, his roommate was a Colombian drug lord, basically, like mm-hmm. a cousin of a Colombian drug yeah. lord, where he learned how to start selling cocaine. So when he got out, he eventually worked his way all the way up through the Colombian drug cartel <laughs> to be the right-hand man of um, Pablo Escobar. The actual name of the book is called Blow, How a Small Town Boy Made $100 Million with the Medellin Cocaine Cartel and Lost It All. <laughs> so this book, uh, Dennis Leary was making two if by sea in Canada, and he, he came across this book. He's the one that found the book. He found the book in Canada, making two of by sea. That that's forgettable crazy. Sandy Bullock rom com. Yeah, that uh, that no one tends to care about or has seen. I saw it. Oh, but... did you? That was you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, Dennis read it and uh, and told Ted about it, who brought it to New Line and got it greenlit and got Nick Cassavetes to write a script for it. They got a budget of fifty three million, which is kind of wild. Giddy yeah. Up. Um, and eventually it made $83 million. Very good movie. It's an amazing movie. I think we have a clip on him, on Charlie Rose. Uh, him on Charlie Rose <laughs> <laughs> talking about it. Is Charlie Rose wearing clothes? Yeah, for once. Yeah, because he's talking about a guy. <laughs> There's no young assistant in the room. Hello. So. Hello. I know you. I don't think so. Why are you smiling? Why are you smiling? I don't know. I'm pleased to welcome Ted Demi back to this table. Welcome back. Thank you, Charlie. Um, First of all, this is a true story. Dennis Leary says, look at this book. And you said, yeah, no, he gave it to me six years ago. And he goes, you're not going to believe this story. I mean, it's unbelievable. So I read it right away. Cause he's pretty threatening, yeah. but uh, so I read it and uh, I just couldn't believe the story of an all American boy grew up in you know Massachusetts, uh, mm-hmm. high school football, say Weymouth, American, the life of the party, Mr. <laughs> say fucking Weymouth, Pablo Escobar's right hand man. I was like, wow, I need to, yeah. I need to figure it out. Man, there was some scene there where Escobar he says to he couldn't believe that this guy had that George had been able to distribute all that. Dope. Yeah, it sounds like he's snorting Charlie, blow. Like, did, literally. Did this for 24 hours, and he's in like, no, three days. Three days. You know? yeah, yeah, he's yeah. acting Somebody it out. Like yeah. I know, I know. He, there was a market for it. I mean, George, George is in the, you know, either the right place at the wrong time or the wrong place at the right time. You know, he was in prison in 72, and there's a line in the movie, I think, you remember that he said, he goes, I went into uh, college, uh, jail as a crime school, you know, I went with a bachelor of marijuana and came out with a doctorate in cocaine. And, like, that's where they figured it out. Uh, interesting oh. characters. Tell me first about Johnny Depp, who plays George. Oh, no, before I go to that, sure. Uh, where is George today? George is in Otisville, a uh, f- federal c- correctional facility in upstate New York. George is and, dead. Uh, went and saw him yesterday. Did he die? And he yeah, and he was released in 2014. Oh, yeah, on a seven-inch monitor with George Jung. Actually, loved the movie. Oh yeah. Who didn't love the movie? I think there were some contrarian movie reviewers out there, like Richard Roper, some assholes or something. That uh, had something is there. There were some. You're right. It wasn't yeah. unanimously considered yeah, a so, movie at the some time. Some people they would go on to say it was good, but it wasn't the landmark movie that some other people said it was. I have the Rotten Tomatoes open up right now, and yeah, it's very mixed, hovering around fifty percent. Really? David Edelstein says, an extraordinary and unfathomable piece of whitewashing. (laughs) What does he care? It's a movie, you know? (laughs) Well, I think that was, I heard Nick Cassavetes said, he went to George Jung and said, I want to make the movie that is from your point of view. And and kind of reflects what you think about what happened here. These fucking hall monitor pussies that are giving out uh, reviews like this, they're part of the problem. (laughs) Oh, my God. Even Ebert said, take away the drugs. And this is the story of a boring life in wholesale. He was wrong. (laughs) It is about drugs. (laughs) It's called blow. (laughs) But Peter Travers of Rolling Stone had the right idea. He said, smart, sexy, funny, and dangerous. This high wire act is a movie and a half. 
Yeah. It was huge in Weymouth. Everyone was talking about oh, it. Oh, it was huge, though, a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Well, Weymouth, that's the hometown. And you have Johnny Depp at the height of his yeah. career, Paul Rubens, and, and the guy Penelope who, Cruz. In an, she's amazing. The, really a breakthrough role for And the guy American who plays movies. the roommate, uh, the, the Colombian guy, he's so good, too. Mm-hmm. The one who gets co- totally strung out. Right. They like fight on that island and stuff. And, <laughs> and Ray Liotta again. Ray Liotta is yep. amazing. That. And, uh, and Rachel Griffiths Rachel from Gr- Six yeah. Feet Under I didn't as know the she Mom. Was, she was Australian. And then, because yeah. uh, I heard like an interview with her talking about how she loved hugging Johnny Depp in the movie as the mother, which is kind of creepy. Did you know that she's eight years younger than Johnny Depp? Well, get out of here. And she plays his mom. Well, she, they do age her in the movie yeah. purposely. So Yeah, he died actually this year. George Jung. Did he? Yeah, May 5th, 2021. He actually died in Weymouth, which is crazy. Holy shit. Yeah, went back home. Jeez. Who says you can't go home? (laughs) Boy, from the earth, back to the earth. (laughs) Going home to die. Um, So yeah, at this point, you know, after this movie, he's red hot as a director. He could basically do anything. I think he had this passion project that he was working on called A Decade Under the Influence. I don't know if you remember this. It was on IFC, but it was like a documentary about 70s filmmakers and the craziness. Like we've talked about, you know, John Cassavetes and like all those dudes that made very dangerous movies. Oh, I saw that movie, Decade Under the Influence. What do you think? Loved it. Yeah, it's great. I saw it in the theater, actually. Really? I was visiting my siblings in Madison at the time, Madison, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. and that was playing at the Orpheum Theater. Yeah. And at the time, I thought it was so cool to see this movie that showed all these great clips of 70s movies and to see it all in the theater. So they were showing clips of Brian De Palma's Hi, Mom, and... Easy Rider. It was very exciting to see it all on the big screen. When movies were more exciting. Yes, But I feel absolutely. like the 90s were like a regeneration. It was the people that were inspired by those 70s people. Paul Thomas Anderson, Ted Demi, all these, Quentin Tarantino, obviously. Yeah. They started making movies, but like were more slick versions of those 70s movies, basically. Yes. And they were heavily That's inspired true. by those 70s maniacs. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. There's a scene where in one of the interviews, the old guy, Bruce Stern. Yeah. He's like, one thing about us. We were interesting. Yeah. I, that, that's obnoxious, but yeah, we, we get what he's trying to say. Like, yeah. You know, we had bulls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you couldn't take your eyes off yeah. us. That show I've been watching, uh, Dinner with Friends, we'll, we'll show a clip in a second of a separate thing. But there was an old Burt Reynolds thing saying, like, there's no men in movies anymore. And in that panel is like, five men that are currently working in movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Johnny Depp. Yeah. A bunch of pussies. Yeah. He goes, you guys are all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that movie does do a good job of encapsulating the yeah. 70s And cinema. then finding out why it burnt out because all these 70s movies, their budgets started getting completely insane. Yeah. And that's what led to kind of the downfall of that system. Okay, so... January 13th, 2002, Ted is playing Eesh. basketball at a charity event with a bunch of other celebrities. I think Michael Rappaport was there. <laughs> it's a real who's who. Yeah. Um, who cares? He's been around so <laughs> long now, Michael Rappaport. Yeah. So at this event, he's playing basketball, you know, full court, which a guy in his shape, maybe not the smartest thing to do after a night out, because I guess he was partying the night before and stuff. Yeah. Well, explain uh, that. What do you mean by his shape? Um, you know, he just wasn't in the best shape. He was just kind of he, heavy set guy, heavy set guy, a little stocky, big burly, big burly. He, you know, he didn't play basketball a lot clearly. And if you're just all of a sudden going from doing nothing to like editing full movies court. for like nine hours, like yeah. 12 hours, and then pulling full court basketball yeah. and just trying to keep up that running, after you did coke, <laughs> after you did coke the, the night whole night before, before. yeah, <laughs> they found traces of cocaine in his mm-hmm. system. And I think you can't really gauge how much cocaine a person's doing the night before. Yeah, it gets metabolized pretty quickly. Even if he was doing it, you can hide it. Like weed lasts in your system forever. Yeah, I learned this yeah. by doing drug tests for the post office when I was like <laughs> 21 years old. Oh, nice. Um, what you were pissing in a cup, or you were like performing the drug tests? I no, I was pissing the cup. Oh yeah, and I was worried because I was a casual carrier. I worked in the summers uh, as a postman in Massachusetts, and the uh, postman. I was a postman, keeping it casual. Yeah, I was pretty casual. Are you trying to say you could do blow while you were doing your paper route? I've seen people do. Paper route. 
I've seen people work office jobs in Boston snorting cocaine at their cubicle. Oh, boy. Sometimes <laughs> you have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's how you get through the day. Yeah. Whatever blows your hair back. That, <laughs> what do they call it? That 2.30 feeling? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. 2.30. There's no 2.30 when you do blow. Hello. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Alejandro does ads for blow. Yeah. Um, the movie only, though. <laughs> so I guess the official quarter said that the cocaine may have been a factor in his heart attack as he already had thickened heart arteries. Oh, he did. So he, he wasn't treating himself good. Based on that Ed Lover interview from earlier, it goes on to say he would drink night and day. Oh, boy. Like he was He looked like he drank yeah. a lot. And so. I don't think he had a healthy diet either, so- that whole equation of not being healthy, doing cocaine the night before, playing full court basketball after being like not really 100% in shape, that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. They ruled it an accidental death, obviously. Well, you know? he wasn't murdered. Well, <laughs> Michael Rappaport didn't throw the basketball at his chest on purpose. <laughs> yeah. did he? he wasn't getting in uh, Beautiful Girls 2, so he was. He got his ankles broken so hard. Yeah. They charged Michael Rappaport with murder. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's how bad he was. (laughs) Yeah, so they found small amounts of cocaine. Which you're saying doesn't really mean anything. He could have been doing a ton of cocaine. Yeah. It probably means that he was doing a lot since it's metabolized so quickly. Oh, the the fact that it was there. Whatever, 2 p.m. the next day. Yeah. um, That's probably at least, you know, 12 hours of not doing coke. And then you're still finding it in your system it's like "Eh, he might have been doing a lot yeah so a week later he was remembered at the 59th golden globes when actor kevin spacey um, from the ref asked the audience to toast him so kevin spacey was nice of him it was yeah you know he was just looking for which young guys were holding up a drink yeah (laughs) he's drinking i'm gonna get him he's drinking i'm gonna get him (laughs) hey kid why aren't you drinking yet (laughs) did you see my tribute to ted demi earlier (laughs) you see me in the ref you want to see me tonight (laughs) you want to make some american beauty (laughs) you want to look closer down my pants that's that's an american beauty (laughs) reference that was the tagline very (laughs) obscure reference there mark for uh ab heads out there american beauty heads you want to yeah. kiss me in the rain? <laughs> <laughs> like Chris Cooper? <laughs> I didn't get it for a second. Now, yeah. now I get it. I'm like, kiss the rain like the song? Military man. Kiss the rain. Turn homosexual. <laughs> kiss me in the rain. You want to you... know who Kaiser Soze is? <laughs> yeah. He's in my pants. Hey. You want to see where I got this limp? Guys are so gay. <laughs> I'll give you a limp, I'll too. I'll give you a limp tomorrow. I'll give, I'll give you a limp for a week. Yeah, you'll be walking to your parents' car a little differently tomorrow, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you want to see a real ref? <laughs> it's right here. Make you tap out. <laughs> Before you tap in. <laughs> um, I do have a clip, that Dinner with Friends clip. All right. It started at 11.14, por favor. Ted was a blast. I worked for him on Beautiful Girls for about maybe a week and a half or two weeks. And so I wasn't around very much, but he he had a really nice set. He really did. Martha Plimpton. It was fun. Smoking a cigarette indoors. He was a good man. These are the days. Yeah. Yeah. He was... um, Cheers. Yeah, here's the Teddy. Here's the Teddy. John Favreau. Yeah, he did... Actually, Teddy did um, all of my uh, stand-up specials. That's right. He directed all those as well. Dennis Leary, of course. He was, uh, I found out about Ted when we had heard a rumor about it during a break of when I was shooting a show because Mike Rappaport was supposed to be on the show and he'd show up. Him, yeah. And he was with him. And we had heard that he was with somebody who died on a golf course. That's all we had heard. Oh, golf, really? course. golf course. <laughs> and slowly the story sort of trickled down that maybe it was Ted and they were afraid it was Ted. And all the producers on the show, I met them because I did Escape from Hollywood with Ted. Right, and I had this right. idea for this show. Don't make it about you, John. Internet. How do you use a golf ball with a basketball? Yeah. He used to do Escape from Hollywood. Where you just right. talk about mm-hmm. movies. It was, yeah. it was very informal. Yeah. And he was such an ingratiating guy. Yeah, Michael was the guy who called me uh, from, uh, from the hospital. Because he, he was on the bench with Teddy when Teddy Yeah, collapsed. he told me the story. It just happened right in front of him. And, and Michael was supposed to come, and we ended up shooting with four people. And I sort of found out. And, and it was just, uh, I mean, it was... We didn't know if it was true, and then by the end of the show, we found out right. that it was. It was because rumors are weird in Hollywood. How, you never know, right? You, you never, never know. know. You I never actually know. driving to the hospital. They are Michael, weird. 
Yeah. Was wrong. Just ask Kevin Spacey. I was in LA doing a press conference for the TV show, actually, and I was supposed to go to meet Teddy for dinner after the basketball game. So, I uh, when Michael called, I th- he just sounded so crazy. I just thought, well, you know what? I'm going to drive to the hospital. Crazy anyway. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. Just driving <laughs> Not over. Not a difference from any other. Day. Probably doesn't know what he's talking about. So I thought he probably just fainted or something. From what I got from Michael, until I got there, and then I saw Michael outside. And, you know, you can just tell when mm-hmm. when everything's okay, or it's everything. People will say something yeah. to you immediately. When they don't say anything, that's when you know, uh-oh. So I felt really bad uh-oh. for Michael because then he had to tell that story. He had to tell everybody, the people, that that night, then when the guys from New York came. How about you feel bad for Teddy? Yeah. Tell me what happened. <laughs> yeah. like don't feel bad for a rapper, boy. Yeah, yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Poor bastard, you got to tell this story to yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did I really you felt for the guy. cope with having to tell the story? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, as you could see there, he was very well liked by the, the industry as a whole. And in Punch Drunk Love and The Truth About Charlie, his uncle Jonathan's movie, he got special dedications to. Mm-hmm. So Ted Demi was survived by his wife, Amanda, and their two young children. That's sad. He yeah. Had two young children. Amanda, she was like a everything, you know, she's like a photographer, producer, you know, you name it. And she ran several L.A. bars. And there's a Teddy's in the Roosevelt Hotel right now, which is named after him. Oh. It's a bar that his wife is the owner of. Wow. Yeah. So his last movie, The A Decade Under the Influence, was actually finished by Dennis Leary. And that guy, Richard Lagravenese, and I think they finished it up because it was like half done at the time yeah. of his passing. So his wife actually did a very weird documentary that I was not able to find oh. called Looking for Ted Demi, oh. in which she brings his ashes right. around and everyone does a interview in front of his ashes. What? I definitely heard about this movie. You can find promos online and stuff, but there's no actual documentary, probably because- Really? It never ended up going through? Should I I just play this trailer? Play the trailer, yeah, sure. Yeah. Welcome to my set. I'm the director, Ted Demi. A guy who you felt, you know, immediately like, oh, I've known this guy forever. Ted Demi was, uh, as everybody knows, he was a real actor's director. I mean, he's just a total life. Ah, Harvey Weinstein. Everybody was happy. Everybody was laughing. Good guy. Full Benicio. of energy. He was fun. Really bad. He was just amazing to work with. He loved everything in life so much. What did you work with him on? Yeah, well, I mean, Ted and I never really worked together on any film. But, uh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's what? what? Steve Buscemi. It's funny how he just kind of disappeared. He's dead. Can we start over? <laughs> what the Oh, fuck? my God. This is a comedy. It's supposed to be a comedy. Oh, Doc- my God. It's a mockumentary. Documentary. Oh. I have the chance to spend a day with Teddy's ashes and, and be able to take They did not make that clear from the tone. It's no. kind of yeah. a unique and interesting goodbye trip for Teddy. It's like one last uh, time around the bases, so to speak, with his friends. Huh. A friend of ours' name was Ted. He died. I actually died playing basketball. Oh, my God. Oh, they fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Wanna welcome Ted Demi here? Put his headphones wow. on. Wow. Have a nice show, man. Actually, this seems let's pretty go, cool. Let's yeah. Let's go, let's go. Maybe it would be cool. It's I don't know. It's kind of like a two-hour gainer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. One long gainer. And I was thinking that during the beginning of the trailer, like, did Steve Buscemi star yeah, in any one of Ted Demi's movies? Together. Maybe he was like, he got caught out of Beautiful Girls or something. Or yeah. Like- <laughs> right. He was supposed to be the ref at first. Yeah. <laughs> Leary stole another thing. Yeah. Well, Leary... Was he was supposed to be the George Young character? That's what he pitched to Ted Demi. Oh, that's oh. what was his initial in reason. Why for... would he say, "Hey, I want just someone else to be You're in this"? Right, He's like, "I want to be in this fucking shit." Wow. Yeah, totally different movie. Totally different movie. They gave it to Demi, but not Dennis. That's They're funny. not going to give fifty-eight million dollars or fifty-three million dollars for Dennis no Leary way. to be a lead. I'm sorry. No yeah. way. He's like an ensemble cast guy. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I, this is not, you know, if anyone's out there expecting this to be like a murder mystery and like, you know, we're going <laughs> to we're going to solve it in the end. That's that's pretty much not this story. It's just a good director that died too young. He died at the, the tender age of 38 years old. Wow. Yeah. And the, the death description was like 10 seconds. He was dribbling the basketball. Then he's yeah, dead. pretty much. Yeah. yeah well, coke. you know, that that's it. Living it up as the blow director doing blow. Yeah, I mean. Well, in that Charlie Rose interview, I don't know if you guys heard the sniffs there. They're like, he was, 
he was doing that a couple times. I don't know. Charlie, Charlie Rose was, was doing it too. too. Was he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Charlie maybe, was like, may, maybe it was actually Charlie Rose. And I thought it was Ted because I heard them and I'm like, whoa, someone's sniffing. Them. Yeah. And Charlie Rose play it again. Play the part where he sniffs. He seems <laughs> yeah, like he just did this. blow in the clip because he's maybe, all discombobulated. Maybe they did a couple bumps in the green room together. Yeah, because remember that part where he's like, let's talk about Johnny. Th- oh, wait. No, 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 no. Let's talk about this first. Yeah. Just like a cokehead like would scatter, be talking your scatter ear brain, Scatterbrain. brain, exactly. Uh, that man, there was some scene there where Ascovar, he says to, he couldn't believe that this guy had the George. Oh, the, I thought that was Teddy. Holy shit. That George had been able to distribute all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's doing bumps in the middle of like the interview. He was refilling <laughs> his <laughs> oxygen <laughs> tank. Yeah. I know, I know. right hand man, I was like, had the George. They were definitely they were doing bombs. <laughs> yeah. They were key and, and listen to <laughs> the, the, what he says next. Six months. I know. Before. I know. Uh, interesting characters. Tell me first about Johnny Depp, who plays George. Oh, no, before I go to that. Whoa, Shatterbrain. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Clearly, 9/11 shit. <laughs> Clearly coked up and possibly. What do you think corny. about that 20th hijacker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Tower Five? You think someone's in on it? What do you think? You think George Bush and the magic bullet? Uh, who was the second shooter for Kennedy? Yeah. You think Israel? You think they're in on it? What do you think's going on? Yeah. Larry Silverstein had all the insurance on, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, huh? <laughs> you think my balls are too wrinkly or what? Jet fuel doesn't steal, doesn't melt uh, balls or, st- or, or steel. What do you think about that? Hold on. I got you, two more ideas coming up. You like my interns? <laughs> I've already, I've already, uh, I've already had them. Um, what did I want to say? Oh, there, there was an, another Charlie Rose with Don Simpson years ago. I don't want to play it now, but he is coked up out of his fucking mind. Oh, my God. We always say this on the podcast, but that is going to be an upcoming episode. It's an upcoming, so Don I don't want to go Simpson. too far down that road. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> you sound like Charlie Rose over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't say that Ted Demi didn't have a good time while he was around. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty interesting career going from Yo MTV raps and, and he, to he, Blow. He, he was like a legacy person because of his uncle and stuff. Super talented guy. Yeah. Um, you know, seemed like a nice guy, seemed like he was well liked and he did a lot of pranks and stuff. That was mm-hmm. his big thing, too. I guess he made a lot of prank phone calls as John Woo to various studio heads. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to hear that. Uh, it's later on in the Dinner with Friends thing, but some might <laughs> consider it racist. <laughs> That's but, why but I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I heard the Hilarious. Where he, was, he would call up. And pretend he was Harvey Weinstein. He'd pretend he was a punk. Oh. I mean, my favorite part of of the day was when you, you, especially if he got you, but if he got your cell phone, the message thing, he would pretend he was a Chinese delivery uh, guy. You know, and he'd go on for like minutes in this Chinese. And sometimes he'd call, he had this great thing we used to do called the John Woo speech, where we would call up and he'd pretend that we were John Woo. You know what I mean? And we go, oh, it's a John Woo. I do a movie with uh, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. And fuck you. Yeah, this, oh, my God. Said, he used to call up once a month. This is like for the last 15 years. He'd call up and he'd get a voice. Like sometimes he'd call up and he'd have like a Middle Eastern accent, but he'd be from a university and he had a questionnaire he wanted to go through. And she was such a nice lady, she wouldn't want to hang up. And the game for him was to see how long he'd get his ma to go. And she said sometimes for 15 minutes she'd be answering these questions. And he'd, he'd start laughing and she'd go, Teddy? And he'd go, bye-bye, and hang up on it. Those were the days. Wow. So back to that Charlie Rose clip. It sounded like Ted Demi was a little flemmy. Uh, flemmy Demi. Uh, was he related to Lemmy? Hey. From Motorhead? Yeah. Um, the Ted Demigorgons. Is that another fan? That's like a that's a Stranger Things reference as well as Oh, anyway. Yeah. Might as well give us some Lord of the Rings uh references here. The demigogs. Did Ted Demi ever win an Emmy? Ah. Yes, he did. Kyle? No, he did. <laughs> He did actually. Oh, he did? Yeah, for, for, for directing a, like a made-for-TV movie or something. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Ted I, Demi had a semi. <laughs> because of all the, the glow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the movie High Learning, Michael Rappaport was Remy. Hey. Oh, yeah. And did Ted know Demi? 
more, that is. I bet you he did. <laughs> Kucher is like, leave her alone. She's mine. <laughs> it's Kutcher. All I know is Roald Dahl is correct. Yeah, well, it says some of our fans on yeah. Instagram. The internet's backing me up. Yeah. Take that, fellas. <laughs> Final thoughts. Talented guy. Lost yeah. too soon. Shit happens. Don't do cocaine. Don't play full court basketball after a night of doing cocaine. That's more like it, yeah. yeah. If you're going to do it, don't just wake up, roll out of bed, and think you could play full court. It's yeah. not going to happen. It ain't going to happen, especially at 38, dude. It killed Len Bias, for Christ's sake. Well, I don't know what happened. That must have cocaine? been a bad, bad strain, though. Like, yeah, it could have been. I, that's what scared me my entire life. Not that I ever you know, did drugs like that, but like he did it the first hit. He was dead. Really? Yeah. Who's this? Len Bias. He was, was going to be like the Michael Jordan for the Celtics. For the, oh, yeah. First yeah. round draft pick. In okay. 1986, the year I was born. Hey, me too. Wow. And Reggie Lewis died for the Celtics on the court. Yeah. It was a heart condition, but I think he might have done cocaine as well. So that's the moral of the story, obviously. Don't play basketball and do blow. Yeah. Friend says he used cocaine with Reggie Lewis. That's from the LA Times in 95. Holy moly. Doctors link cocaine used to Lewis's death. Yeah. All right. Is Ted Demi from, where is he from? He is from Long Island. But did all these Boston movies and shows. and Yeah. I think his relationship with Dennis Leary kind of drove him up there to do all the stuff. Boston basketball and cocaine does not mix, apparently. <laughs> Can I introduce a no, conspiracy kid, away. theory? Yeah, let's hear it. I think that Michael Rappaport murdered Ted Demi. Yeah. Okay, go on. Because he wanted to be the white guy associated with hip hop? Yes, exactly. Yeah. He threw the basketball at Demi when he wasn't looking, and the rest is history. Well, I thought maybe Dennis Leary might have done it because he got left out of blow, and that was like a huge movie. That would have made him an international superstar. That's a better theory. Yeah. In the movie that he brought to him, and then once New Line said, yeah, we'll do it, but no Dennis Leary, he's like... Mm. All right, let's go. <laughs> Sorry, Dennis. <laughs> Johnny Depp is the guy, and this is it. And then to clear the suspicion, he goes on dinner with friends acting like... Yeah, they're, they're buddy-buddy. They buddy. were big buddies. Yeah. yeah, even though he's really crying over Michael Rappaport having to tell the story and yeah. not really his friend. Poor guy. And who gave him the cocaine? Yeah. It, it was from Worcester, Massachusetts, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> they were all feeling bad for Rappaport to have to tell the story. To clear that up, Dennis Leary is from Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. Uh, and he didn't kill Ted Demi. No, Ted Demi just... Nor did Michael Rapp. died from poor decisions and like a freak thing, which, uh, which all contributed to his death. A freak thing? Doing a bunch of blow and not sleeping much and then playing an intense celebrity basketball game. Yeah. Or, or living unhealthy for 20 years. Okay, so... That's it. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Death in Entertainment. Um, YouTube. Tw- Twitter, uh, DiePod2021. And YouTube, as Kyle mentioned. Send us an email at deathinentertainment at gmail.com. Let us know how you uh, pronounce any of the names that we've pronounced in the podcast so far. <laughs> yeah. And if you know any more words that rhyme with Demi, we would like to hear about it. Ted Demi should have drove a Hemi. Eh. All right, guys. Don't go dying on us. Have a nice week. <laughs> Stay <you> healthy. Week. <laughs> Bye. You have just heard... A true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.